G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's not fair. It's just not fair. Has anyone ever said that to you, or have you ever said it yourself? Maybe you've been challenged in your Christian walk by the seeming unfairness of God. Now, some people think that it's actually unspiritual to ask God why things are happening. I once heard one preacher say, Have you seen what happens to people who ask God why this and why that? Well, yes, nothing. You look at the Old Testament and many of the Old Testament saints struggled with the issues that we struggle with today, but they were courageous enough to ask God why. Maybe you're struggling right now. Don't suppress your question. Ask God why. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello and welcome to Set Free with Ken Legg. I'm Phil Edwards and we're grappling with a very valid statement that maybe you have even uttered yourself. It's just not fair. And if life is unfair, does that mean God is unfair? Welcome, Ken. It's uh, it's a meaty one, this. And uh, as I said, I'm sure many listeners have struggled with this, with uh, different things in their life. Yes, it's very relevant, uh, Phil. And we look around us and we see often the wicked prospering and mm. and the righteous doing it tough. And there comes in the sense of, well, God's just not fair. He's allowed this to happen. So why? And uh, it's not a new issue. You look at the Bible, you find that many of the Old Testament saints ask the same sort of question. Mm. Take, for example, Habakkuk. Now, let's just say this. Habakkuk was a professional prophet. He wasn't one of these men that was just doing a job and the Spirit of God came upon him suddenly and he started prophesying. No, he went to the, the school of prophets. He trained as a prophet and he climbed up into his watchtower to ask God why. He had some issues with God. Uh, you know, he's looking around in his society and uh, he saw this very thing. The wicked are prospering. The righteous uh, are doing it tough. Why, God? Why? And then God answered him and he didn't like the answer that God <laughs> gave him. And so he said, well, that's not fair either. <laughs> so he had it out with God. Now, he wasn't the only one. Jeremiah said this. Listen to what he said. He said, righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why do the wicked prosper? So he was saying, God, I'm not questioning your character, but I just don't understand what you're doing, why you allow these things to go on. And, and he was big enough and bold enough to ask God why. There's a psalm, and I can't remember which one it is, but it's uh, very much the psalmist having a good old beef with God saying, yeah, this isn't fair, that everybody's prospering the wicked and so on. But then he goes on to talk about, but I will still love you and serve you. And it's just it's such a fantastic uh, picture. But I guess it takes us into that whole question of why does God allow suffering in the first place? Is it God that causes the suffering? If not, is it Satan? And if it is Satan, then why does God allow us to to go through these times? Yeah, that's an important issue, Phil. And uh, of course, Satan, not God, is the originator of sin and destruction. But that leads us to the question, what is his purpose in suffering? What, what, what is his intent, you know, when he puts people through suffering? And I, I think we have to turn to the book of Job because that book is uh, particularly focused on the whole issue of suffering. It doesn't answer all the questions, mm. but it certainly does address a lot of them. And uh, the first thing we need to understand about the book of Job is that the Bible says that he was the most righteous man in all the earth. 
He didn't get what was coming to him. He didn't deserve, if we, if we want to look at it that way, more than anyone else to suffer. And yet he seemed to suffer more than most people. He lost his possessions. He lost his family. Then he lost his health. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Satan's intent then was to get him to lose his faith, to charge God foolishly, as the Bible says. You remember his wife turned to him and said, curse God and die. Now, that's the intent of Satan in suffering. You remember right from the beginning in the Garden of Eden, Satan came in and undermined God's love towards Adam and Eve. You know, God's holding out on you. He, he, he won't let you eat of this tree, but why not? He's, he's keeping something from you that's good for you. He doesn't have your best interest at heart. And this is a real snare of the enemy. He tries to trap us with this thing, thinking hard thoughts against God. Now, the psalmist in Psalm 73, he speaks about this. He says, my feet had almost stumbled. In other words, I nearly slipped up here. I nearly, I nearly fell for this. He said, my, my steps had nearly slipped. I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Then he said, surely I've cleansed my heart in vain. In other words, I've wasted my time living for God. Look what he's given me in return. And that's what Satan wants us to come to, that point of abandoning our faith and our trust in a loving God. Mm. But couldn't you say, though, that if God allows it, doesn't that reality become a challenge to our faith and our ability to trust in God in the first place? It could be sort of counterproductive. Yeah, that, that's that's true. And, and I believe that's a very important point. Now, of course, the Christian life is a life of faith. Now, <laughs> it's easy to trust God when everything's going well. You know, I mean, we've all yeah. been to that stage where, hey, everything's going well. Why can't you trust like God like I am? Look, look, look what he's doing for me, you know. Uh, but when things are not going well, that's harder. Now, it's okay when things are not going well if you've got a word from the Lord. God has spoken to you. You hold on to that because faith comes from hearing the word of God. So you, you just hold on to that word and, and it gets you through that time. But what about when you're going through a difficult time and it seems like the heavens are as brass. You can't hear from God. It seems like mm. there's just no word coming from heaven whatsoever. That's tough. That's tough, and, and that's the ultimate test of faith. Um, it's easy to trust God when you can trace him, but when it just seems like he's not even there, well, he is there. It's just that you, you can't feel in a tangible sense his presence, but that's the ultimate test of faith. What do we do then? Well, I believe that we do uh, a couple of things. First of all, we've got to trust in the character of God. We've got to trust that, you know, God is going to be faithful to us and that he's going to give us strength and grace to go through this time. And secondly, even though we don't understand what's happening right now, the word says that he will make all things work together for good to those that love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So, um, you know, a question is, okay, do you understand why you're going through this? Job certainly did not understand. I mean, we look at something like the book of Job and we say, well, it's so obvious <laughs> because we're, we're reading it with hindsight. You know, we've yeah. read the back of the book. That's we it. read the end of the story. But you've got to remember, he was going through this and, and he didn't have a clue. And, and he had to come to that place where he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Um, you know, I don't understand what's going on. All I understand is that God is good. God is righteous. God is real. I'm just going to trust him and go through it. It's a rocky ride for him. He asked some questions. He said some things that later on he regretted. But his faith in God was intact. He did not succumb to that temptation to curse God and die, mm. to abandon his faith, you know, to walk away from God. And pretty hard when your own wife is saying that to you and all your friends are, <laughs> are, are, you know, are deserting you and giving you bad advice. Yeah. He had that ability to not look at what was happening around him. And that's where I think we really get stuck in that. We just see what's happening. We can't see out of the pit that we're in. But sometimes we just have to close our eyes to all of that and yeah. just concentrate on what God has done for us 
and know that he will pull us through the other side and that ultimately this life is actually not what it's all about. Yeah. At the end of the day, we are eternal beings and yeah. we will be with him forever. And you know, the Bible talks about this life being just, you know, like that's it, it's gone yeah. and, and it's over. But it's so hard to see that when you're in the middle of it. I think you made a good point there as well about, you know, those around him that were closest to him um, that no doubt had his best interest at heart. I mean, even, you know, we, we pay out a lot on Job's comforters and, and God did it at the end of the story as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, but they came originally because they cared and they heard that he was suffering and they sat down with him. They just looked on in astonishment for a number of days, I think it was, and uh, uh, and then they started to speak and that's when they put their foot in their mouth and <laughs> said all the wrong things and uh, acted according to their own human wisdom and got it all wrong. But but that was another test for Job. He had to, he had to kind of contend with, with all that force theology as well as go through the suffering that he was going through as well. Mm. I had a bit of an image as you were talking there of somebody walking across a bridge and in their hand they've got some little electronic device that's telling them about the stress that's on the bridge because they're walking on it and they say everything's all fine but then suddenly the communication dies and you can't see that anymore. Now that's faith. You have to have faith. You're out in the middle there. You've got to keep walking. Yeah. Trust that that bridge is going to hold you up yeah. even though you can't see that you know the numbers on the screen anymore. And it's a bit like that when you say the heavens are like brass. Sometimes you can't yeah. see. You know, you've got to have faith and trust that God is holding you up. Yep. He's going to take you across this ravine or whatever it is that you're, you're crossing at the moment. And if I could say, at the very least, out of what we're talking about this week, if uh, if you, people could read the book of Job uh, and just think on that story and who Job was and what his response to his situation was to God, I think that would be at least we've achieved something good this weekend. Well, that's where we must leave things today. Our series this week, When Life Seems Unfair. We'll have more tomorrow. And until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.